reason why you ask them if there's grenades or whatever it was you asked them bazookas in your car because mm-hmm. have you ever pulled over anybody and they had bazookas no i've dealt with one pipe bomb in my career okay so one out of how many ever people you pulled yeah. over i pulled over 300 people in one month yeah Ugh. man Bob. no tickets you were hard no tickets we're looking for dope <laughs> and and this is the unscripted podcast so if you've ever been in uh you've been in one of them situations where you just like you lock up tighter and locked tight and it's well that's a real broad brush you're painting with everybody (laughs) no you ever uh you ever talk to somebody and then they just like they're in a real awkward situation you watch your body language like yeah i don't want to talk about that right oh yeah yeah that's a a guy was teaching us um about of all things just talking about in, in law enforcement with with uh when you read people's body language and stuff, you know, you're asking questions and you ask all these different things and they don't really react to them. You know, you're asking somebody, Hey, is there any, any dead bodies or grenades in here? Well, of course you, you know, guys like us who don't have anything to hide there. We're like, well, I sure hope not, right. you know, but you know, you ask somebody who's like, I hope you don't see my dope. I hope you don't see my dope. And they're like, no, sir. No, sir. There's no dead bodies in here, you know, or they don't react at all to it. They're Why like, are you asking them questions yeah. for just to soften them up to get to the dope? Well, so, no. So you just ask those. Yeah. Yeah. You, no, you kind of go through, um, you ask like a spill of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you any dead bodies, hand grenades, bazookas, machine guns in here. And they're like, no, and then it's like, and then you're like, hey, you got any drugs in here? No, why? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, uh, and that's, so that's, you know, you, you get whatever it might be, and, and everybody's different, but you can definitely tell their body language and what's going on. And, and, um, is that something they teach you? Well, yeah, because, I mean, if there's, if there's any dope <clears throat> in your car, you pay, like, or if there is, if a police officer asks you that, then you're like, no, right. you know, no, why? No, I left that at home with the grenades. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's the, that's just the whole thing. And so, anyways, he was he was talking about those things with body language. But so I love reading people's body language, and and you just sometimes when a guy's uh, I, that's one thing I love about doing this podcast with you is is like the it's all unscripted, mm-hmm. and and uh, and so for for those of you who are watching, I guess first of all, if you've ever been in one of those. Uh, Real bad situations, or Where the police are asking you for dope? No, 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 no. <laughs> Where somebody comes and they're like, "Hey, hey, man, can uh, you know, the preacher's gone? Can you preach this morning? What? You know, or <laughs> can can you do the Lord? Can you preside the Lord's supper? <gasps> uh, uh, when? Oh, uh, when? <laughs> Two months from now? Is that in the spring? <laughs> yeah, right. And so, if you ever if you ever been put in one of those situations, or you've ever uh, you've seen somebody get all wound tight right quick just hit that like and subscribe button but uh so so today we're we're talking about uh we're just kind of going back it's the start of the of a new year and so we've we focus in on things and what we're wanting to try to do with the podcast not be unscripted but we certainly want to plan some things out and so won't you tell them a little bit about that Chris yeah well you know it's this um you know we all live to some degree Yes, we do. <laughs> this I'm trying to sound real smart. smart. Don't, don't mess yeah. it up, all right? I'm good at messing you up on that stuff. The, uh, no, it's actually when I open my mouth, I'm real good at messing me up on it. Now, we, we all live this life where the Lord has, where we want to be effective. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really believe that most of our brothers and sisters, and I don't, and I mean just flat out just about all of them, really 
want to be effective for the Lord. And they just don't really, they really haven't learned how to practice this sort of unscripted life, you know, and that's one of the reasons, you know, if, if we're going to be honest, one of the reasons why we, why we can keep doing the unscripted podcast is because it really doesn't require a lot of planning and forethought on our, on our, ba- on our, you know, on our behalf. Yeah. Right? That was one thing that, that we decided. So I guess how this podcast was begun and then I'll let you continue was I had some guys reach out to me from ministry league and said, Hey, what do you think about starting a podcast? And I thought, well, I'm only going to do one if, if Chris can do one with me. And so that was my thought was, was to do that. And, uh, and then, you know, we were trying to, you can go back and listen to our first ones and, you know, we were, it took us a little bit, a couple episodes to get to where we were actually called unscripted, but, but that was our goal was we were right in the middle of COVID had just hit. We're trying to do, um, live stream services. We're trying to pre-record some and edit video. And then we're also trying to seek and save the loss and meet the needs of people and, and have our families. And so this podcast was, was born with the idea that said we're not doing a bunch of planning and all that kind of stuff. We're just going to be yeah. Don't want it to be a burden. Two regular guys coming in and just talking about the Bible. Yeah, and and so you know what we want people to do or gain or see or encourage is that listen. You know, we we sit up here and we just rattle this stuff off mm-hmm. and. And, you know, the reason why we do it is because we really just want people to have confidence. Yeah. You know, that really you can do this too. And so that's what we want to talk about today is just this idea of living this unscripted life. Because you, you think about when, like, um, what was that book? Muscle and a Shovel. Mm-hmm. When Muscle and a Shovel came out, you know, everybody loved the Muscle and a Shovel book. And I think the reason why everybody loved it so much was because they liked Randall. Or Wasn't that his name? Yeah. The guy in the book that was like that was evangelistic that yeah, was reaching his friend. Yeah, that was, and everybody want that they really saw that guy as the hero of the show, mm-hmm. and that's the way I think that everybody wants to be, and we can be that person. You know, it's not that we can't not be that person, and so I think that what we need to do is we just need to dedicate this episode to being unscripted. Yeah, and we we also want to dedicate um, at least some episodes in this year to um to answering questions unscripted from yeah, from, right. from you people and so we've asked our congregation if uh if they will if they would have submitted questions and they certainly did for us to 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 address so what we're going to do at least next week or what do you think about doing this next week we'll, we'll put a box with those questions in them we'll shake them up and then we'll We'll pull them. We'll pull them out, and uh, we'll pull one out, and we'll answer it. I think that's fine, and and you know the what that'll. I think the the blessing of it is that you know we'll be able to just show how you have to think through these things that you don't have to because you know there may be, you know we may pull out a question, Bob, that that we need to think about before we answer, and and you know what, there's nothing wrong with that answer. That's right. There's, I mean. I've, I've been in Bible studies where it's like somebody asked me a question and it's like, man, I do not know the answer to this. And, and the good thing is, is you're not, you're not required. You're required to grow, but you're not required to know everything. Yeah. Because if you get to that point, then watch out son, because you got a real problem. Yeah. And, and so I wanted to just kind of start 
the podcast with uh with this. Well, let's 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 before we. Uh, I know Go we're, ahead. We're still in it. You 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 know kind of. I'm jumping up ahead. Yeah. Well, what we want also is our listeners. Um, if you if you've got a question that you want us to ask, I mean that you want answered. Hey, just send us in a video. We're gonna just we're gonna put your video clips on here too. Just grab your cell phone, go to the unscripted podcast page, you know, hit a message on there on the Facebook page and say, Hey, you know, I've got a, this Bible question I get asked at work and or at school, and I just like to know the best way to answer that or from you guys' opinion. And that's all we're gonna give you is is hopefully we're gonna give you the scriptures and and and, and our opinion the best way to answer it from the scriptures. That's yeah. right. And yeah, so do an unscripted video. It doesn't have to be anything fancy fancy, and- just like Chris showed, pull up your video and shoot them and say, Hey, uh we, we won't help answering this question or or what do you think? Now we don't want the real hard ones. Yeah, we like we would like to rem- to not look like dummies. Yeah, okay? we want the easy ones. Remember, we're we're untrained and uneducated guys. <laughs> that's right. So throw us a bone here. Yeah, that's right. No, really, any question. Any question. Not, yeah. Any nothing's off the table. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with making Bob look stupid. So. <laughs> well, we will, but that that's good. That's always going to happen. And uh, so yeah, so send send those in, and and uh, we hope that we can we can help you in in some kind of way. And so Peter, Peter talked about he talked about this and in uh, in First Peter three and verse fifteen. Well, that's the verse I was. Sorry, Chris. Use, <laughs> yeah, and that's what he's just saying is sanctify the Lord in your hearts and then always be ready to give a defense. So, so why does he say sanctify him? You need to set him apart. Yeah, you, you got to give him a real special spot. That's right. And and I don't mean like it. He it, it doesn't mean like. Um, you know, like give God his spot and give, you know, the saints their spot and, you know, that that type of thing. But but what he's saying is is you set God apart in your heart. You give God this preeminence. You know, Paul uses this term when Christ comes, who is our all. You know, the this idea that, that if that if there's you preached that sermon, um I don't remember when it was, beginning of the year or something or end of the year last year that you know, if, if wherever we try to put God in perspective, if we try to put him second or we try to put him with something real close, he's always going to be in competition. So yeah. if we just set him apart in our heart, if we just set our minds on this idea that, that I'm going to look all the way down the road and I'm going to set Lord in my heart and I'm, that's what I'm going to focus on is that one thing, sanctify him in your heart. And then what's he say? Yeah. And always. And always. Be ready. Yeah. So when's that? Always, baby, and that's the that's the thing is he says always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You know what? You know what I think about when I think about meek. I think about so I heard this guy preach this lesson one time, and he was talking about meekness, and you know he was using this idea that meekness is really. It's the perfect amount. Like we think about it as, like we say, strength under control or mm-hmm. something like that sometimes. And like I think that what that does is it kind of paints a, a different picture. Like like you could take a dude that could bench press 400 pounds. Like you ever been around somebody? Like when I used to go to the, this, this gym back home, and I remember this <clears throat> this guy, I was watching him stack 45s on the on the – on the bench mm-hmm. and 
you know, when he he's got, one of them big old meathead, protein head dudes. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, eats a Volkswagen every day. Right. You know, of chicken and 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 he looked at me and he said, "Can you spot me?" And I said, "No." <laughs> I mean, like, I can watch you choke It's not that I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. It's that if you pick that up and it's 400, I think it was 475 or something, Mm -hmm. and you pull that off of there and and you can't get it up. Look here, bud. I can't deadlift that. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, but you're going to die. You know, like, and so, like, I can watch you choke to death. That's about the best I can do for you. And and so we kind of paint this picture of that big old boy. His name was Toe, you know. Oh, and I remember when he picks that last thing name up, Mater. When he yeah, when he picks that thing up off the rack and sets it up there, all the dumbbell rack was behind him, and we were on the second floor. Down down on the first floor was all the cardio stuff, I reckon mm-hmm. from the running and everything, yeah. bouncing the floor. And so when he picks that thing up, all them dumbbells were on the you know just that regular angle iron rack that they mm-hmm. make them out of. And they were this was metal. When he picked that thing up and he set it off there, and it was you could hear the dumbbells rattling on that thing. <laughs> all the way down and i was thinking oh buddy you know man if this guy can't do it because it me and another guy were on both sides of it at that point right and we're all fixing to go through this floor well, we think about meekness is like that old boy right there laying down and letting somebody beat on him that is not what it is meekness is is that that old boy that could bench press about 500 pounds holding a baby is is holding a baby or is in a fight Right mm-hmm. now, he could take that fight and he could squeeze somebody's head till it pop like a coconut. Right? Yeah, but, yeah. What if he's in a big like uh, argument with his child? You know, who's who's twenty two and knows it all. Yeah, and then swole up on him, and then something. and then already hit his daddy in the face. Yeah, something. and so so that's what real meekness is. It, it's it's using your strength in a very controlled fashion. It's yeah. like the doctor prescribed you know, X amount of vitamins and stuff like that we're supposed to take for this, you know, when we had the COVID a couple of weeks ago, you know, he told me to take this and that and, you know, this amount of vitamin C and that. Now, I could have chose, you know, Jessica went to the town and, and um, um, Sam Ranger, you know, one of our members went and got me some vitamins and stuff like that. And, and you know, I could have chose to take, you know, whatever I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But he told me exactly what I needed. That that's what the idea of meekness is: is that it's proportioning or, or doling out exactly what's needed. And so that's what we're talking about. It, you know, there's this always this huge temptation in our lives to where we want to, you know, when there's a Bible question or when there's a oh yeah, I want to be able to give all 176 verses that pertain to that topic. Yeah, and and some of it is is I want them to know the truth. Some of it is I want them to know how smart I am. Some of it is, 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 uh, I want to make sure that I, uh, I'm doing a sufficient job, you know, in mm-hmm. covering this topic. And some of it's pride. I don't want, I don't want somebody to see me fail. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's yeah. what I mentioned the second one. I want them to know how smart I am, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, but really Peter says it's with meekness and what fear and fear. And so, you know what the reason why number one you you dole it out the way it needs to be doled out is is because you got to understand what they need to be prescribed. Well, you know the 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 reason why you ask them if there's grenades or whatever it was you asked them bazookas in your car because mm-hmm. have you ever pulled over anybody and they had bazookas? No, I've dealt with one pipe bomb in my career. Okay, so one out of how many ever people you pulled yeah. over? I pulled over three hundred people in one month. Yeah. Ugh. Man, Bob. No tickets. You were hard. No tickets. We're looking for dope. <laughs> and and uh, but the so you go back to this this idea that that um you know most people aren't going to have a pipe bomb. 
Right. You know, so you you learn how to ask the questions and give them what they needed, and and ultimately to lead them to where they needed to be. Now, where they needed to be was whether it was incarcerated or whether it was off the streets or whatever <clears throat> it was. It wasn't just for theirs. It was for everybody else's benefit too. Right. And and the the point that this guy was making was it was an interdiction school, and actually it, it was down here in Meridian, Mississippi. I was from Tennessee, and. What's interdiction mean? Interdiction is where you're doing you're you're interdicting you're you're pulling cars over you're taking okay you're just taking um you're intervening in in the dope world mm-hmm. or in 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 criminal trafficking whether it be human trafficking whether it be um whatever you know, whatever it might be money law all these different things so but what he's did is he says he said um. Uh, he said, I want to show you a picture of a dope dealer. And he puts up a picture of somebody um, that you would never think is a dope dealer. What, like Betty White? No, he puts a picture up like of an everyday person, like my wife, your wife. Mm-hmm. And he's like, these are people who I got 40, 40 kilos of cocaine off of this girl right here. And and so it's like, so you would never think that. And then you you put people, you just put all these everyday people. Some of them are 75-year-old people that are then. This seventy-five-year-old couple were driving. They were mules for for this for this drug whatever organization, and they would they would literally drive cars from Cracker Barrels to Cracker Barrels. So you would never think that that two geezers two running, geezers running pulling the into Cracker, Cracker Barrels doing anything wrong. That just means that they're real smart at this. Yeah, point, and they get know? like seventy kilos of cocaine off of this older couple, and it's like, well, how did this happen? Well, when they're making twenty grand a month, that's what happens. So so. When if you if you were to ask my mama who's in her sixties, you know, ma'am, do you you having you have any drugs in this car? Well, no, <laughs> you know she's gonna be upset about that. Why do you think? But that? you ask somebody like they're like, well, why why you ask that question? You, you know, <laughs> and then they start getting all jacked you know, up. Yeah, and and that's the whole thing is is um, I don't want people to see me like that. I don't want people to to see me when I whenever I'm I'm struggling and. So people struggle, you know, if you really, if you want to do a litmus test with somebody as far as how confident they are in the scriptures and it's not, I mean, this is a hard thing, but you know, when somebody comes and asks you, uh, Hey, we want you to sit in on a question and answer panel. And it's like, well, what what do you mean by that? Well, uh, we want you to sit in on a question and answer panel. Well, well, how's that going to go? Well, well uh, people are going to ask questions, and then you're going to sit on a panel of people who are going to answer them. Were they going to submit the questions early? No, they're going to ask them. I, well, I would like to have like a, at least you know a few minutes for me to be able to look at these answers, you know, and and be be ready. Well, get ready, you know, and that's the so you can you can do a real litmus test with with somebody now. I understand it's it's hard to be ready under pressure, but well, there's just you know and and. And it's not it's not about boasting. It's and it's just, not. It's, it's and, about living out what Peter says right here, sanctifying the Lord, putting him someplace different in your heart than what than what the rest of you so you can ask somebody a Bible question they may not know. You ask them about power lifting and nutrition and guess what? They're gonna rattle out all this stuff. And that's the litmus test. That's what I was gonna say. Or See, guns or whatever or baseball put, or football. Uh, they know stats like crazy. That's right. You put somebody in a situation that you meet, you, t- you take somebody that, that professes to be a Christian and you meet them for the first time or you go eat lunch with them or whatever, and if you can't get them on the Lord, 
You know, you can't get, you know, you trying to bring this conversation around. All I want to talk about is, I mean, I like guns too. Yeah. I mean, I like hunting too, and I like all those things. But if we can't get around to the fact that we're not talking about what the, that's really important, then then you can really tell where people's priorities are. So that's a, that's a great litmus test because Jesus said, where your treasure is. There your heart be also. There your heart's going to be too. And so I think about this idea that he uses in Matthew 5. When he when he's after he's kind of stitched up the beatitudes, when he's he's talked about that kind of attitude that Christians should have, he says, "Listen, you are the salt of the earth. Salt does two things: it seasons and preserves. Mm-hmm. But if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing to be thrown out, trampled by the foot of men. You're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill and cannot be hidden." Nor, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So the Lord just kind of draws us to this idea that, that if you are my people, you're like a city that people pass by in the night that you can't hide yourself from them. There's just no way that you can hide this city. You know, it's like some places I had never seen flat to like, you know, you come down here and you move west and like some parts of Mississippi, you, you could stand on a Coke can and see both ends of the state. It seems like it's so flat down here. Right. And, and, you know, the Lord's using this analogy that, that you are the light of the world, that you're a city that can't be hid. And so you got to have this attitude in you that, okay. You know, if I'm a city, then I'm a place that's safe. If I'm a city, I, if I'm salt, then I've got to preserve. If I'm salt, I've got to, I've got to flavor the the conversation that I'm getting ready to have. I mean, just just give me an example of one that you've had this week, Bob. I know that you have. What do you mean? Just an example of a conversation that you met somebody that you turned it into the conversation about the Lord. All right. So I was driving home from hunting. Uh, I guess this was Monday night. I don't remember what day that is, but Monday, it's the day after Sunday. I don't remember what date. <laughs> okay. Uh it's but before Tuesday. Yeah, so I was driving right before it though. I was driving on Monday and this pretty long straightaway, I see a car with his flashers on. And um it was a truck and he was pulling a trailer, had a big side by side on the back of it. And uh I just eased up and rolled my window down and said, You good? He said, Yes, sir, my mom is on the way. And this is right at dusky dark. Mm-hmm. My scope had fogged up on my rifle. It was it'd been raining all evening. It was cold outside, and that front was coming in. And and um, so I was like, I text Courtney. I was like, I'm coming home. Scope's fogged up, and I was all chewing mad, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know, come home and head home. See this, see this, and it was a boy. And so I couldn't tell how old he was, but um, I knew he was younger. And this was real dusky, dark, raining. And so I said, you don't need anything? He said, no, sir, I'm good. I said, okay. So I, I drove on Ford, and, uh, well, I couldn't – you couldn't see – only flashers you could see was on his mirrors. So I said, man, if that was my kid, I wouldn't want him sitting on this dusky, dark road, you know, all by himself out here in the middle of Reynolds Town and New Augusta. <laughs> and – uh so I turned around and then put my flashers on so that, you know, he could see me. So I helped him out. His truck was overheating. And I said, I'm just going to come back and sit with you. And uh, he's like, okay. And and um, so I got him some water. Fortunately, I had some water and antifreeze in the truck. And we we, we got him some water back going. And we shut the hood. And, and 
started up the the conversation can you tell me what city you're born in we went through this whole thing on another podcast and and just planted a seed about about christ and the, the foretelling of yeah you know, that's what i do you know the foretelling of of you know how could they know these things 700 years beforehand and he picked one out of two hundred eighty thousand. planted the seed with the boy got his phone number but you'd already made the decision you sanctify the lord in your heart 100 hey, percent. and that's what was going to happen let's take a break bob and we'll come right back to that The last couple of years feels like we're cast in a movie, but we don't understand which part we play in it. It seems like the line between who's the hero and the villain have been blurred. We thought by now it would come to its happy ending. I suppose that that's because we're looking at life like it's a short sitcom, when really, it's an epic tale. We really just needed to look down the road farther, and who we are right now doesn't define us. Who's really been directing our path then? It's time we consider the source. Living in the right now, I'll never see what I can become. We see the Lord as our director, and he's weaving an epic tale where we all play an important part. My short-term losses, he turns into long-term gains. You've listened to all the rhetoric, and you've tried all the fads, and nothing worked. Because all those things were focused on the momentary, It's time to have an eternal vision. And your story can start with us today and finally become the new you in 22. um, We appreciate you coming back and joining us. We hope you enjoyed our our commercial being put in here. We're really trying to, you know, this is, you're you're seeing these commercials in here that we're just trying to use this as a way that, another way that we can get the the blessed hope of the church and, and what a great group of people we have here out there to the world so if you're if you're not a uh, if you're in the hattiesburg area we'd love to have you come be with us at 415 south 40th avenue in hattiesburg here and and if you have any questions about anything you see or hear on our show then would just certainly just reach out to us but you know we just we just want to be a place where there's hope and you know last night i had this this same conversation about hope with this guy and he he, uh, a couple months ago i'd mill my slide on my gun and you know not to make the details too you know gray and dry yeah but everybody. what does that mean to mill something on a gun like well you know i wanted to put um you know like uh, i wanted to put my rmr my, my red dot mm-hmm. on my concealed carry gun the one i carry with me all the time mm-hmm. and so you know there's um uh you know i i just machined the top of my slide to fit my my um to fit my red dot specifically i got in touch with the company and um you know they sent me the specs on it and i and i custom made it i custom made it i wanted it a certain way all right here i'll tell y'all what chris did chris put 20 years worth of machining onto his slide of his glock and then wild a gun dealer dude with it No, no 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 i'm talking and we're really so chris is being humble he's being scripture but what you did is you you did an awesome job on it because I saw it, and there's really not a whole lot that are like it. So if you want your gun done, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I, I, I went to the – that's how it kind of started. I went to the gun store, and I needed a screw. 
I thought they may have it. I had them ordered, you know, and it didn't, I thought, well, I'd like to go on and get it on there. And instead of my, you know, because I blew the tops, I didn't want really worried about it rusting. But, you know, it's just as awkward to have that big chunk milled out of the top of your slide and mm-hmm. carried it in your pocket. And so I thought, well, I'll go to the gun store. Well, he saw it, and he just really, whatever, he just liked the way that I did it. And so he said, um, uh, um, how much work do you, how many do you want to do? I said, including that one? He said, yeah, I said, that one, one. And he said, well, I could stack up work for you. I was like, well, I don't. I'm fine. I mean, you know, if you'd like to do it, bring your Bible and I'll show you how to do it. And, but ever since then, so I gave him my card ever since then, I keep getting these phone calls from people. Hey, are you that gunsmith out there in pedal? And I'll, and, and like last, I told the guys like, what's, where did you get my number from the, you know, the gun store over here? And I said, what's it say on the car? It says evangelist. I said, well, that's what I do then. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I thought you was a gunsmith. I said, what's that card say? He right. said, well, evangelist. I said, what do you got? What, what is your, what is your challenge? And so he told me this guy, he'd bought, there's this new caliber rifle out there. It's a 6.8, um, which measures about 270 yeah. or so, 270. 6.8 Creedmoor. Well, they got all these different ones. Winchester. Winchester and Creedmoor. And, and so it's in a, it's chambered, you know, it's in a, it's in a hunting rifle. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted uh, to put a muzzle brake on the end of his um, barrel. I said, well, just, just bring it out here and let's look at it. Well, yeah, he brought it out to the house and, and he wanted a 5H24 thread i mean a 28 thread on it yes because we all know what that means well it's the barrel was already five eighths and yeah we know what that means too anyways you couldn't do it yeah you know if i I cut it down i said now listen i said i I can do this but it's going to be unsafe and so i'm not comfortable doing it and uh, i said you know i just got a responsibility you know to keep my conscience clean and yours too and I said, uh, you know, I said, I just want to make sure that, you know, we look out for each other. And I said, there's a, but there's a better way that we can look out for each other. And, 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 uh, so I, I'd opened the door to kind of right. you know, talking to him. So we spent, you know, he got there at, at, uh, five o'clock. I got home yesterday, right at five. He showed up wanting a, uh, wanting a gun, a he, muzzle brake put on his gun and he left with a Bible study. Well, and that's what, you know, and, and, and cause it was like at six 30, Jessica texted me. It was like, do you want supper? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, but you know, what was good was that, you know, we're just in my shop, you know, it's just me and him. There's no, you know, and there's no need for me to, he, he, there's no need for me to try to look cool or anything like that because it's just him and I. There's no, there's no audience there. It's just an audience of two, and you know we can have this conversation about the Lord and about responsibility. And I got to talk to him about, you know, and, and what was interesting was he said, I just think that a lot of religion today points to the fact that we're all messed up, and I just don't think I believe that. And I said. You know, the Bible doesn't teach that either. Let's look at what the Bible has to say about that. Inherently, what we need is the ability to make better decisions and let the Lord cover the rest with the blood of his son. And he looked at me like, you have put in words the thing that I believe my whole life. And and I, and I I when he done that, I said, it really wasn't me. It was really just what the scriptures said. And so it's just, it's all we're talking about now. I told him I was preaching Sunday, you know, he can come be with us, you know, and, and the, we're going to get together again, you know, but the, the, the blessing of it is, is that, you know, it's just a ready-made opportunity. If you, well, and, and yeah, and that's the, that's the whole thing. And, and, and I'm I, not a gunsmith. 
Right. I'm I'm not. I mean, like I don't I don't do this. I mean, I can do it because it's just machine work. But I just uh, just like you pulling over your truck. I mean, you had water and antifreeze. What you had antifreeze for in Mississippi, I ain't got no idea. Mm-hmm. But you had water and antifreeze, so you could help the boy. You know, I had um uh, 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 maybe the ability to help this guy, and so. I don't mind helping somebody to do that. I got another guy going to bring a, a shaft by tonight for thinks his shaft out of his tractor is bent. Well, I'll just chuck it up in a lathe, and we'll know in five minutes whether his shaft is bent. But I also need to talk to him about something else. And so this gives me a perfect opportunity where we can talk about something that we need to talk about that is just private, and it's not. it's not that, you know, we're talking about, you know, trying to look, smart or trying to look so intelligent or anything like that, but just trying to get everybody that we can to heaven. That's the unscripted life that we're talking about living. Yeah. And, and I, I remember us having a specific conversation about your shop. And I remember things that I prayed for it because I knew where your heart was on it. And that was, you wanted your shop to be used for the furtherance of the gospel. And and that's exactly what you're doing. And that's what we need to take our life. Well, well, you don't know what's going to come through them doors. You don't know what questions are going to come through. And you don't know. It, it may be a tire. It may be somebody, the side of a car. It might be a, a bent, uh, whatever, a uh, bush hog shaft yeah, right. <laughs> that you helped Been me there. with. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> or it might be a twisted one like what Tom had. But, but yeah. ultimately, you know, we've had, we have, uh, it may be a Bible study. It might be a, a debate on baptism from two uh from two teenage boys you know and they're in in your shop class and you know that was a that was an awesome moment for me to get to witness was two young men you know defending having a debate on and they didn't and, and that was the whole thing too that when when you had aiden and carson you said hey i want y'all to be ready to defend either side of this you know is baptism necessary for salvation well they had to do it unscripted because they didn't know which side they were going to defend going into it and they had to what would we do flip a coin or draw a number or something anyways that's how it was decided but but that's the i think about this that you as a christian the, the question that you have to ask yourself right now is am i serving the lord and if the if the answer is no to that then that needs to change and if the answer is yes to that then i want to encourage you with this scripture second timothy chapter 2 and verse 24 it says and a servant of the lord must not quarrel now, don't don't be fighting, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. A servant of the Lord needs to be able to teach and needs to be able to correct. And that's a... And so the what we have to realize, you know, so many times we go, oh well, my preacher will not answer that question. So can I set you up with a, you know, can I get you to study with him? Well, no. Well, you know, this uh, I went going through some weight loss stuff and was having some some success. You know, you know how it is, ups and downs, ups and downs. Well, some guy called me up and said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, I have this life coach, blah blah blah, you know, and this program or whatever, and and um." you know, I can put you in touch with him. He didn't want to touch with him. The reason is because he knew me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, that's the whole thing is like people, 
people don't know your preacher. They know you. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a servant of the Lord, you need to be able to teach. Yeah, and, and this this is not a um, – this is one of those things that we've got to understand that this is the real doctrine of Christianity, that this is what the Lord requires of us. He doesn't require you to know every answer, but he requires you to be ready to be able to give an answer. Now, he doesn't say you have to give the book, chapter, and verse, but when somebody – when you've got an opportunity in front of you and this there's no script to your life – when you have an opportunity in front of you, you have got to be able to give an account. Now, I can promise you one thing, Bob, and this is the truth, and everybody that's ever done it can tell you that the more you do it, the better you're going to be at it and the more comfortable you're going to be with it. Yeah, and a lot of that is because you have wisdom because you've had to – whenever I prayed to the Lord that I would be effective, what he generally put in my life was somebody who was smarter than me or somebody who would challenge me in my faith. And so what happened is is I got those questions that I didn't know how to answer, and I had to swallow my pride in humility, right, mm-hmm. in humility correcting those well, hey, I don't have an answer for you right now, but let's me and you, let's study about that. Let's let's use these next three days and let's study on this topic and then let's come back together on it. Well, what's wrong with saying that? And 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 what you've done is is you've shown them humility, you've shown them that that that's that they that you're interested in what they have to say. You're shown them that that what they're talking about has value. I mean, you know, all these things. And, but but ultimately, it's because you sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Yeah, and and think about this too. Another question: th- There's two questions that I asked the church up in uh, in Kentucky because we went up there and cut some trees and things, and I got to teach their Bible class on Wednesday night. And two questions that I asked: One, are, are you a servant of the Lord? And then, and that, now this was granted. This is uh, like three days before Christmas, you know. And I got to ask them: Are you serving the Lord? And then. The second question is, are you faithful to the Lord? And we've defined those. We've we've placed our own definition on those in society instead of letting the Bible place the definition on those. And, you know, and so Timothy, we, we, we know about the servant Lord is able to teach. Well, look at what he's look what he says in second Timothy two. You, therefore, my son, this is something that I talked to our youth group about recently. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We put a faithfulness stamp on people who have come to, you know, if they're, if they're on Sunday night too. Boy, man. Boy, man, they're faithful. They're the cream of the crop, baby. Well, what does he say that a faithful man's <laughs> able to do right here? Faithful men, they're able to teach others also. Mm-hmm. And, and so the Lord's committed his word to you. He says commit. Commit this. Yeah. Commit this to, that's a, to that's faithful a, man. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big. You know what you've done with commit is is that you have then not unscripted them, but conscripted them. You have then. What do you mean by that? You have placed it as as a charge before them. Yeah. You know, like like when when Psalm one ten and verse four. You know, it, it uses this idea that we are a volunteer army. That the troops will be ready. That we've conscripted ourselves. When the troops you, will be what? You know, the, your troops will be ready on the mm-hmm. day of your power yeah. as a strength as a dew in the morning. They'll have the strength of their youth. And you know what he's saying is that that it's an army. You know we sing the song. I'm in the Lord's army. Yeah. Well, yes, we, sir. We joined that army. And so when Paul uses this word right here, the things that I'm committing to you, commit to faithful men. 
charge them with this thing, help them understand their responsibility and give them this, as it were, marching orders. Because what he's trying to get them to see is that it's not just about giving them information. Paul didn't say the things that you heard from me, tell other people about it also. He didn't say that. He said, the things that you heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Commit it to them, right. Yeah, so you, you, you've you laid it at their feet. You've got this charge that, they, that they're given, and it's your responsibility to make sure that they're carrying it out. And the description of their life is, is that the people who are getting that, they're faithful. That's that, right. That's the description of, of that kind of person. And so, and they've got an unscripted life. Yeah, and, and, and you better you better live it, and you better live it for the Lord. And um, we hope that, that you'll take this and, and you'll be committed and live that unscripted life. Be ready to give that defense. Like I said in, at the beginning, hey, send us a video, you know, send us a message on Facebook Messenger, whatever it is, and, and we'd love to answer some of those things this year. And, and guys, we appreciate the last couple of years with you, and we hope for many more together. This is the Unscripted Podcast.